something wrong with the world today I don't know what it is Something's wrong with our eyes We're seeing things in a different way And God knows it ain't His It sure ain't no surprise Time for the general knowledge podcast, season five, episode eighteen. Uh, joining me tonight, the boys. We're all back. We're uh, a bit of a hiatus there. Sorry about that to all the listeners, but a few things going on. Shit happens, and life gets in the way, and all that sort of crap. But we're back now. We're going to report on a few things. But just doing a bit of bit of chatting um, before we started recording there, and um, you know, I was telling the boys about why I've been a bit, uh, you know, uh, having the hiatus and stuff. And I won't get into that. I won't bore everyone else with that, but. We were just catching up and, you know, what everyone's been up to. And Ethan was letting me know, you know, he's been doing a few things and keeping busy. And uh, some of the generational gap things were just, <laughs> it just it was quite interesting. Um, you know, Ethan's of the younger generation, whereas mine was more like, you know, I was sitting there thinking when you were telling me that story, Ethan, man, man I wish I kept like my original Ninja Turtles and my original Transformers because they'd be worth a fucking mint now, you know, because <laughs> you were sitting oh, there talking yeah. about those cards and how much they'd be worth. And <laughs> <laughs> Hindsight's well, a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, General. That's it, General. I, I would say your generation are the ones that are probably the biggest collectors in the world at the moment of, like, all the old G.I. Joe figures and just all of the figures of, like, the 80s and the 90s. That's, like, a huge market now. Mm. And it's all like it is. 35 to 45, you know, people, it's all about nostalgia, you know, mm-hmm. reliving. Oh, I remember when I got that as a child and stuff. Whereas obviously, you know, for me, it was, you know, there is that as well, but we also just have like the competitive card game as well that keeps going with that sort of nostalgia. It just is a nostalgia that's transformed into a nightmare. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, even the kids these days, you look at some of the TV shows and the pop culture now, they they make these new TV shows, like, just for example, like uh, Stranger Things sort of thing, you know, that was, it's a TV show, a modern one about the 80s, you know what I mean? It's all, they and there's other TV shows and they're always referencing the good old days, you know, which was, and, you know, back when we were younger, and, uh, Andy, when, uh, when we had the TV show, the Wonder Years, where you were watching it based about, what was it, the 60s or something, wasn't it? Um, I think it was Wonder Years was based on the 60s, but, you know, you had all that. It's, it's that sort of generational thing, hey, you know, everyone's everyone's always wishing th- times were like what they used to be, because everything's so fucking shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's all gone fucking pear-shaped, you know? This dystopian nightmare that's creeping up around us. No one fucking wants it, but it's marching towards us and everyone's wishing they were, you know, they could go and play with their Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joes and fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards from back in the day, you know? (laughs) Because things were so much better. Everything... Not everything shit, but just the the way the world is run right now is just, it's just going worse and worse and worse, and it doesn't seem to be stopping. I mean, am I going crazy, boys? Do you agree? No, you're not, mate. We're all going crazy with you, mate. 
<laughs> well, I mean, We're think all in the bin with you. <laughs> I mean, think about it, guys. Like, there is like a whole discussion that you can get into in regards to that. I mean, they keep remaking movies from the past. As you said, mm. people want to go back and relive that past. And yep. it is because of how the world has gotten and, and people, I think there is that psychological element to wanting to revert back to better times. And at mm -hmm. the same time, though, we live in a weird era. So we take like Yu-Gi-Oh, for example. The thing is, is it's this card game has become so complicated and, um, you know, just over the top and crazy, at, you know, so many rulings and things you've got to remember that one mm -hmm. of the biggest problems they have is even though they've still got the cartoon on TV and everything, they can't attract new players to the game. So the problem is, is that we live in this world where we're all trying to hang on to something, but the modern world, it's like all these new kids coming up, you know, I, I, I don't know what they're going through because they don't really have a culture that they're growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not attracted to these things. They're attracted to, computers and tech and iphones and transhumanism and stuff like this you know so yeah. it's like we, i think we've seen the death parallel. of modern of modern culture like isn't it really like there's no i, I, I couldn't if someone said to me what's you know what's the culture of your day now I, I i don't know if i could give them an answer you know as whereas back in the 80s you know you can kind of give them more examples of what the culture was like back then even the 90s you know uh maybe even the 70s to a degree but uh, you're right. Now I, I don't. Like, I, I literally I, I I can't listen and even watch a lot of the modern new music, for example. Even new movies are really hard to watch these days because they're just not that good anymore. You know, like it's it's almost like everything's already been done, and they've in order to do something new, they have to rehash everything that's already been done, and then go look. It's it's you know this is new and it's great. And it's like, well, no, it's it's already been done. It was great back then. Come up with something new, mate. Like, stop copying everything else. You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I saw something the other day. They're even going to do another Back to the Future movie. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, no. It, it, it was Back to the Future Part 1, Back to the Future Part 2, and then Back to the Future Part 3 was concluded. You know, that was it. Leave it alone. It was great. Great series. Don't touch it anymore. But... You know, they're going to do like they did with The Matrix. You know what I mean? They added an extra one. Another movie, another Matrix movie. Like, pretty soon we'll start to see, like, another, you know, there's the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Ah, well, let's do another one. And even though there's The Hobbit and all those sort of fucking ones, there'll be something like that. You know, they'll always bring out this other new thing. And it's always trying to latch on to what the olden days, not the olden days, the, old, the older days were like, you know, because there's no real new good culture anymore. It's like all the ideas... I've already been sucked up and gone. There's no new ideas anymore. Well, the only ideas that come about these days doesn't even come from us. It seems to be coming from AI. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like the death of creation is, is happening right now. It's crazy. It's very soulless, isn't it? You know, the music, the art, everything like that. I, oh, absolutely. I I've done pieces on this talking about, you know, there's that old saying, the um, art of a culture is the reflection of their soul at any time. And you can trace through history how art went from, you know, massive, beautiful paintings about angels mm. and the Renaissance and stuff. And mm -hmm. then we sort of get to the Picasso era and the Great Depression and it's very morbid and we get surrealism. And you can see that the conditions that a society is in reflects the art. And what do we have for art now? You know, squares 
on a wall or a tub of Vegemite framed in a art museum and they go oh it's interpretive art you know like (laughs) it's and i think that reflects as you said like there is a soullessness to it and do you think we're talking about nostalgia do you think that they're rehashing all of this stuff to try and almost kill our nostalgic feeling as well to the good times because now i hadn't considered that i hadn't Hmm. considered that that's not a bad um point of view though because that that does seem to be a bit of a logical um conclusion though that when you when you try and rehash the things that were great and you, the nostalgic things that we hang on to in our minds and they're trying to invert it and warp it you know or put their own new modern spin on it and it's it's never as good as what it used to be ever like i cannot tell you of any new movie that's been redone versus an older one that can be well you go well this the new one's way better than the original like oh, i don't exactly. think so you know it's very tough and it's just yeah soulless and so it's we live in this weird place where we're all you know searching for the nostalgia and stuff but this modern culture like as i said no one wants to play Yu-Gi-Oh if you're a kid if you gave a kid some of your gi joe figures from back in the day they'd be like what's this i want my ipad you know so Mm. there's like at the same time what we did have as a culture what we could pass on to our kids is also going so they can't enjoy us buying them toys and everything because we've been influenced by things that are supposedly better and more interesting and gadgets and for them. So there's another layer on top of that too, is that the newer stuff doesn't seem to go the distance. It's, you know, especially if you think of like toys, for example, you know, they break really quickly. The quality of it's not there anymore. Whereas all the older toys, you know, fucking invincible you know what I mean? <laughs> they lasted forever they were made of metal and stuff you know like transformers back in the day was all metal you know it was great it had weight to it you'd fucking throw that shit around the room and it'd just go back and you know fucking do your little sound effects and make it back to the robot you know like and it lasted never broke I, i've never had any transformers that broke back in the day you know then you got ruined if you like you know if you're a little kid and you chewed on it or some shit but <laughs> exactly but these days you can't do that you know they break so quickly and then ah we'll just go and buy another one you know it's fucking bullshit consumerism consumerism yeah i used to play with little beyblade toys when i was a kid and they were full metal just these metal round things with sides that you'd spin in a little pit and they'd battle each other and then we'd just be in the streets and there'd be sparks coming off of them and everything kids would get hit by the metal and now today you go in they're just (laughs) cheap plastic crappy things that mm-hmm. you know we're all just they fall apart in your hands and it's just not the same as you're saying and yeah. i think that's the same for everything look at food look at everything it's we've sucked the culture out of you know society and i suppose maybe that has something to do with some of the alterations we've done to societies i mean there's still places you can go in the world where you show up and they go oh my god what the hell are you doing here where are you from? I can't do that in my country anymore. You know, if I mm. see a Chinese person, I don't really know if he's a tourist or not, or if he lives here. What really is our culture anymore? Whereas other societies do have cultures and still do appreciate things they create. So I think that there's obviously that bigger discussion yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Actually, so, and speaking of, uh, you know, older cultures and stuff, I mean, I know we've, we, we sort of, Andy and I did a show on it as well, and we talked to um, Grandmother Malara, uh, one of the Indigenous elders, about that voice to parliament stuff, you know, and obviously it's gone 
you know, the big push for it now. But uh, I, I'm definitely seeing that there's a lot of pushback on that, that people don't want this. Um, you know, it's we've been seeing videos popping up now about how it goes against the Constitution. They're putting in, you know, high court challenges against it and winning apparently. But I don't, I just don't see it changing anything that in, in my point of view, like if they want it in, they'll push it and try and get it in. Um, there's a few other things I wanted to talk to you about that because I can link it to a few other things, which is quite interesting. But um, yeah, definitely noticing that they're um, ramping it up, obviously because they've got their date set now, which uh, they're going to make everyone go to the polls and cast their vote, hand out all those pencils <laughs> so they can rub them out and put whatever they fucking want. Um yeah, and uh, all that talk about the cross and the tick, you know, the cross won't be accepted, but the tick will. Like, they're heavily trying to skew it so that people get either confused or they don't do the vote properly or, you know, all these things so they can get this agenda pushed in. Um, and there was a few things I wanted to ask you guys about to get your thoughts on it, and then I'll share mine as well. But why uh, – I can't remember if we even covered it to begin with in the original um, episode, Andy, but – uh, why do you think that there is a push for this now? You know what I mean? Like, uh, why now? Why is this voice to parliament happening now? Why is there a push for it now? And I wanted to, are you there, Andy? If you are, just unmute from me. Otherwise, I'll cross to Ethan. You are, okay. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, mate? What's, I'm just trying to test the waters here with both of you um, boys before I share my thoughts on it. Well, I think politically, it's the first time really that, um, Labor have got dominance over all of the states and federally now. Interesting. So they probably think that, you know, politically um, it's their time to be able to um, push through their, you know, left-wing ideologies, basically. Mm, okay. So they, they've got their, uh, you know, their, uh, their ducks lined up and they've now they think it's yep. the time to have their crack. Okay. Because they were... So you're saying that if there was some liberal majority governments around the country, that it would they wouldn't have bothered. They would wait more. Or what are you, is that what you're sort of saying? I think so. I think it's I think it's dead easy because basically the ALP run the country now. So politically, um, they can put up these um, you know adjustments to the constitutions and referendums and things like that unopposed. So. Um, mm. It's a very, very dangerous time politically for this country. And, um, yeah, I mean, and that's what you're seeing. Pretty sure so, it was a, la a Labor government that was in when they put in the Australia Act too, wasn't it, Mr. Mr. Bob Hawke that put that one through? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's going, going back a bit. 86, I, I think it was, something like that. I was fresh out of school then. Mm. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, and no, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. That. I'm not sure how how the country was sitting in regards to the like where the Labor Party and Liberals were sitting, you know, statewise and federally at that time. Yeah, I couldn't but, tell you. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're I so you you were saying now that now's the time they're pushing for it now because they think they can get away with it. They'll have more support to get yeah. it through and all that. That's your okay. All right, I'll yeah. ask. Same same question, Ethan. What's why now? Do you think that they're pushing for this of all of all the times since we've been around, since you know white man has been here with the Aboriginals? Why are they pushing for them to be in the constitution now? Well, obviously, if you look at the Yes campaign and you look at the bloke who 
Broded and all of the the people that are helping behind that, you know, there is open, you know, sort of communistic ideas behind it. And it seems like that is the way that they want to do this thing now. It's um, very divisive, honestly. So it keeps people divided, which has always been the the goal with, yeah, especially with Indigenous Australians and white Australians. They've intentionally divided us forever and covered up our history and told us lies about it. So we never really unite and sort of, you know, try and, um, you know, make a better united country. And this is just another step of that. So it keeps people divided. It keeps the discussion going. But if you look at the Yes campaign, you know, the bloke who runs it and has written the book for it, I can't think of his name right now, but he's he's talking about how this will be a stepping stone. Um, and then afterwards, that's when he's talking about things like reparations and land taxes and things like this to come. And as we know, you know, this voice is not going to be given to the Indigenous people themselves. They've already got ABNs active. They've already got all of these things. The Voice, Proprietary Limited, you know, full-on companies. Which was registered like to... a bunch of like five years ago or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this has been pushed. Obviously, Albanese has spoken about it. He was a radical socialist during his uni years and has always pushed for this. And Andy had a good point talking about this is just the labour agenda, you know, the transformative tasks of Australia. Um, the social elements, you know, liberal are always there to set up the mass surveillance state and the police state and all of these things. And then when Labor comes in, it's all, oh, let's do renewable energies and this social policy and transform this. But at the same time, it is just the two wings of the same bird. We saw Peter Dutton, who runs, you know, the Liberal Party. He was in Parliament this week saying, if the voice fails and a no vote comes back he's going to call for a second referendum to do it again <laughs> so i mean it's like what what other proof do you need that they'll just probably do this a hundred times i mean let's talk about referendums councils aren't even a legitimate form of government we had a referendum to say we don't want councils to be a form of government and they just yeah. ignored it and now yeah. the council's are the worst form of government in your face all the time. So, you know, I think that if they want to get it through, they're going to get it through. And it's it's a stacked house. We just saw um, with the Royal Commission into the COVID response, Labor and the Greens just overpowered everyone. And I think they want to get it in because they know that old Anastasia Palaget's days are up soon up here. So now's a better time than ever to strike. But, you know, it... it as I said, it plays a, a number of roles. It's distraction, divide and conquer, but at the same time, it has a lot to do with this Agenda 2030, land grab, your land will be off limits in the future, sustainable development. It seems like this is a way that they're going to try and do it potentially. So we have to be concerned okay. about it. I'm, um, I'm, I am glad you mentioned that last point because um, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, and it'll tie into something else as well. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, Definitely interesting. I was in a bit sort of um, two minds, uh, a few uh, just trying to get this to rattle around in my brain to make sure it works and stuff. But yeah, I think um, uh, you're right. I th- if they want this in, they'll do whatever they can to try and get it in. Like you said, yeah. If they if it gets knocked back by a referendum, oh well, let's just spend more money and call for another referendum until we get our way. You know, like 
<laughs> it's I don't I to be honest, I kind of don't think that even though they're saying that, I don't think that actually holds water because yeah, if it gets an if it if it gets up and it does for whatever reason fail and ever and the majority is a vote no for it, then if they wanted to do it again, it'll have to be under a different name or a different they'll it'll be a different way of doing it. Um, I think yeah, they won't just push the same thing over and over again because if you try and force that on people again, I think you'll get more people going no, like no, <laughs> we said no the first time. There's even more no's this time. You know what I mean? So. Oh, that's where my mind's on that one. But, I mean, I think when we spoke to Grandmother Malara as well, like it is, a lot of this has to do with the Uluru statement, right, you know, um, which is when they apparently got all the mobs together to make sure that they signed on to to have this sort of thing. And apparently a lot of them weren't even there or they were there and they didn't want to sign and the ones that did are like fucking chills and um apparently uh, correct me if i'm wrong andy if you might remember this and i might have to go back and listen to it i'm pretty sure grandmother malara even said that they were asking them to sign a blank piece of paper back then too this uluru statement like there was nothing on it and they were like yeah we just need everyone's signature on this you know what i mean like it, that that itself is crazy as well too um someone did a little cartoon about it i'm just scrolling through my Oh, it's on the Pauline Hanson one here. He's got this, you know, this A4 piece of paper with all the mob signatures on it saying that, yeah, we want this. This is the Uluru statement. We're going to look after you and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they've got the document here with the guiding principles. Um, I mean, it's all just such theatre. It's just... It, it is. And I think the theatre is there to get people sucked into to vote. Well, I think they're trying to push, the, obviously, push the yes vote, but... Um, there's a few reasons why, me personally, why I think they're going for it now. Um, I actually think that they probably should have done it maybe a year ago rather than now. I think they've kind of missed the boat a little bit because, you know, during the height of the pandemic or just coming out of it is probably when they should have pushed it because now that we're sort of on the other side of this scandemic, I should say, more people are, I think a lot more people are like, the government have lied to us, you know, we can't trust them, all the bullshit about COVID, more and more people are waking up to all that bullshit and, you know, jumping on to, I guess, our way of thinking in a sense, uh, even though if they're not all the way there, they're at least, it's least at least fermenting more distrust in the government coming you know, on the back end of, of the, the COVID scam. You know, um, yes, there's still the people that believe it wholeheartedly, but there's, I think there's a lot more people I know now who are a bit more vocal about, you know, never going to get jabbed again, never going to wear a mask, they can't do this to us again. Like, even there, that that's the sort of vibe that people are giving off, right? So I think they kind of missed the boat a little bit because I think that they were trying to go for, yes, we can control people. COVID showed us that people will do whatever we say, whenever we say it. We've got them under, you know, under a spell. You know, we control the media, we control the message. Yeah, and that was the big push. And I, I think they got a bit too big for their britches and they went, yeah, let's now's the time where we can push for this, you know, getting the indigenous people under the constitution now. And and you know, if we put it up, then they'll get they'll go they'll vote for it, you know. But it's it's failing big time, I think, at the moment. It's definitely not um it's not getting the uh the momentum towards the yes that they I think they were think they were gonna get. You know, it, I think it's currently sitting at like fifty two percent no and uh, up like nine percent undecided and whatever it is the remainder for um for the yes vote um you know what i mean so 
people aren't people aren't buying it. They're distrustful. There's a lot, the messaging, you know, a lot more people are spreading the word about even the indigenous people of this country don't want this thing. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be signed on to the constitution. They don't want to cede their sovereignty over to the corporation of this of this country that it is, the people running it. We all know it's a corporation um, and there are rules for corporations, right? They've got to abide by certain rules. And I think... The reason why the time is also now is because, like what Ethan was alluding to when you were just finishing your point, sir, Ethan, is that with the whole big push for this, the UN agenda, the whole smart city agenda, the whole high-speed rail agenda, getting everyone, you know, to, to lock down any land you know, they want to rewild, they, you know, the UN says they want to rewild all these parts of the world. They're even doing it now in the US, you know, but people are going to say no to that, right? So they need the ability to say, it doesn't matter what you say, it's now, you know, the rule, it's the law or whatever. And they can't do that because, you know, under the eyes of, what is it, um, with land titles and, you know, you go through all the Marbo stuff and everything, you know, the, the Australian government sort of shot itself in the foot, like when we talked to Max Egan that time, where he mentioned that, you know, um, it was Ab uh, Gunner, what his name was, the Aboriginal guy, you know, when they basically got the government to admit that the, that the Aboriginals were the, you know, the traditional owners of the land or whatever, you know, the First Nations, it's their land, blah, blah, blah. They basically tricked them into admitting that. So they've they kind of shot themselves in the foot by doing that. And now... Now they need their permission because they basically can't go ahead and build all these big projects and high-speed rails through all of their tribal lands without permission. You know what I mean? They need the consent in order to do it. And that's what I think this voice to parliament actually is about. It's about simply getting them signed on. So they have the blanket consent once they're under that constitution. They've ceded their sovereignty to it. They no longer need to ask them to give them consent because they go, well, you've signed away your consent. Sorry, you're under the constitution now. We can fucking do whatever we want. That's what I think it's about because they need it. They have to have it because they can't do it now. They can't just start building all these big smart cities and doing all these things. There's a big push for it now, but... And I know there are movements towards these things, but they have to. They have to start doing some things. They've got to put some pieces together and stuff. But in order to get to that 2030 agenda, the UN global agenda for all of this shit, you know, the Klaus Schwab agenda of you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, all that sort of stuff. That won't happen. We won't have the smart cities. We won't, you know, moving people off the land and doing all that sort of stuff unless we've got the consent to build the infrastructure around it all and set it all up because I don't think with all the land title claims and things that are happening right now, there's something like 4,000 land title claims right now around Australia. And apparently 50% of the country is apparently under tribal land ownership, right? This is all sort of coming out recently and stuff. So that that's a massive pain in the ass to, to the global agenda because they can't do these deals with these people 
They're like, we're sick of trying to do deals with these indigenous people and stuff. You know, they're, they're, they're a bit more clever. They're very distrustful of us. We just need to get them under the constitution. Once they're under the constitution, we own them. We can do whatever the fuck we want, and we they don't have to. And we don't have to give them anything. That we can, will it'll be all like song and dance. Oh, we're going to give you money for this. We've reparations for it. Look how wonderful we are. You know, we're listening to the Aboriginal people. But ultimately, it'll be like, well, sorry guys, you've signed it away. You guys agreed to be part. The the country voted that you're going to be part of our constitution. Sorry. Doesn't matter what the actual indigenous tribes and if you got them all together, all the mobs together. Even if they all got together and said, no, we don't want this. It's like, well, too bad the country voted around you, you know, then that's going to, and that will hold up in courts and stuff because it's in the constitution now. It's in their corporate agenda now. That's what I think it all ties into. And listening recently, Ethan, um, on one of your member circle inside scoop podcast. So all the listeners out there, you, if you're not a fucking member of Ethan's get on board, cause you put some awesome shit out there. Recent one you did solo by yourself. There was a great show. You even talked about this, didn't you? You were talking about the net zero zones. You're talking about the high speed rail. They're putting together the high speed rail authority. You know, they're announcing board members They're looking for CEOs you know, um, which is the, you know, these are all the, the, the first steps into organizing everything they need to put in a place. These are just the first steps towards it all. You know, they, yes, they can plan things and put up models and computer this and all that. Yeah, that, that's just like, this is our wish list. Now it's at the point now, well, we've got the first steps starting to get underway because we think we're going to get this yes vote and then we're away. In comes the high-speed rail. In comes the smart cities. In comes the big push. It's like building. People think that, yeah, it's a bit of a misnomer. I think people are thinking, oh, smart cities. Oh, they're going to try and round everyone up off the land. Say, oh, you can't live there anymore. No, no, no. I don't think it's going to be like that at all. I think it's going to be more along the lines of they're just going to slowly build the prison up around us. You know what I mean? It's like the boiling frog thing. You're not going to realize you're in a smart city until you're, you realize you're in the smart city already, champions. Like, sorry, mate. Oh, you lived on the outskirts of Shepparton? Well, sorry, Shepparton is actually a, one of our new high-tech smart cities, and it's got green zones and net zero zones and blah, blah, blah. And you're already in, you're already in that. You didn't even realize it, but you're already in it. You know what I mean? They're going to build the prison walls up around us because they can't move us into a prison. They're just going to build the walls up around us, boys. Um, all right, I'm going to cross exactly, over to that's, I'll cross over you, Ethan, first because you're already talking. But there you go. Give us your thoughts on that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly right, mate. And and as we've seen, you know, private owners coming in and buying land over the years and all this type of stuff, and it's already happening. You know, people are like, "Oh, the smart cities are coming." No, they've been here for years, almost a decade now. They've been slowly building the facial recognition cameras, the sensors, the renewable energy sources, the lights, everything. It's been slowly, if you go to Darwin... Changing zoning laws, rezoning things, yeah. Yeah, you go to Darwin, Melbourne, anywhere, there is a smart city network watching you. It's not as sophisticated as China's with, you know, 200 million cameras everywhere, but... They are pretty sophisticated. Gold Coast has facial recognition cameras all through the public transport system after the Commonwealth Games and everywhere. You know, Perth CBD has facial recognition cameras all through the city. And it's all they all say it's to protect you. But 
this is what they've been doing. They've been building it. And now within these regions, as we've been talking about for years, where these so-called natural disasters hit them, now it's the perfect land to start building some new cities over the ruins yep. of the infrastructure they bought back on the penny. And, and, so and, I, and I'm not I, sure if you coined the phrase, but I'm loving the burn back better. And in fact, I'm going to probably call this episode burn back better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, um, in, in, it's what they're sort of doing in that sense. But as you said, there's like 50% of the rest of the country that is still, they've shot themselves in the foot with indigenous land rights and all this stuff. And on the outer skirts of where these smart cities are going to go. So what better way to potentially do it than, come straight in now you made a good point that there isn't much success on it it doesn't look like it will pass in a sense so maybe it is all just a big distraction and as you said maybe they'll come back again we saw with um in 2018 and 19 the senate inquiry rejected a national facial recognition database and said come back another time when it's more suitable and now they've come back and they've done it through the states, through digital identity schemes, through logging into MyGov and stuff. They've just reinvented the same system with the same model. So you make a good point that they'll come back again and again, even if it doesn't get through. So what really is the agenda if it happens now or it happens in the future? There always seems to be this magical number of 2030 that keeps popping up. We need to protect this by 2030. We need to do this by 2030, reach this target mm. by 2030. And you've got to remember, that's still seven years away. I mean, it's close. But at the same time, think about where you were in your life seven years ago. You know, it's still a little bit of a, a ways to go. And with the progress that they're making, and as you said, with Labor, this is part of season 31 of Australia, mate. Yeah. Um, you know, like the Labor is the one to set up all these commissions and go out to the regions and say that they're there to help the people and transform it. And the same thing's just happening to us, what happened in other countries. Like if you go to China, where all of this is modelled off of, out in the regions, they had regional remodelling programs where if you just go out into the countryside, there's there's all this beautiful infrastructure and bridges and you can just stand on a big stone monument looking at the mountains because they just went through all the regions and just upgraded them all and made them all smart and, you know, recyclable bins and just made it like the city. So the same thing's happening here. It's the remodelling of Australia. And, you know, who knows? It's like with the amount of people that are set to, they want to grow Australia's population pretty big. So they're going to need a lot of that Indigenous land out heading towards Uluru and stuff for more smart cities, for more projects, you know. So I think that's, it's like a duopoly sort of going on here to try and seize everything, private ownership and Indigenous ownership. And as you said, they've got to do that or nothing else can really come to fruition, can it? Yeah, I think that's, and I think they know that, and, you know, there's a lot of podcasts people can go listen to and information people can check out with regards to who, you know, who really, I guess, owns this country in a sense, not that the Indigenous people think they own it, they believe that the land owns them, um, but it's, you know, it, it, when you, we, even when you go back to looking at, you know, Captain Cook coming here and that whole, you know, that, even that bullshit story, to be honest, you know, Apparently, from what I can tell, I'm going to paraphrase and stuff, but I think it's North Norfolk Island. That is 
where they've, you know, that that's the land because it was uninhabited. Norfolk Island had no indigenous inhabitants on on Norfolk Island when they first, you know, discovered or whatever. And that's the land that they claimed as Australia. Like to to technically, that's Australia, Norfolk Island, because that's yeah. that's where all the laws are. Everything is actually about revolves around that island because that's what they've claimed as Australia. Yeah, sorry, mate. No, I was just going to say, and you know who they were on Norfolk Island? It was the Freemasons. Yeah. They were, you know, I've written about this in my membership pieces. When Australia was being founded as a colony, what was happening at the same time? There was the American Revolution going on. The French Revolution had just happened. You can read very good scholars that have spoken about how the Freemasons heavily influenced that. And then they come to Australia in the first 40 years of our settlement wasn't murdering all indigenous people and fighting for this stuff. It was trying to stop the Freemasons taking over. And they did through the New South Wales army corps and got rid of the governor through the rum revolution. And Norfolk Island was the place that they all went out. It's got a very rich history out there. You can go out there and see Freemason tombstones that are like from the late 1700s over there it's pretty incredible but they all wow. when they were banned from australia secret societies were banned from australia by governor king i believe it was in 1804 and they all had to go to the outskirts and and do their ceremonies on ships and everything and they all went to norfolk island and it was like a a, a, a hub for them to sort of plot and strategize and they were initially there initially and so like they tell us that we all rocked up. It's like Australia's history is way different than what they tell us. You know, there was this struggle against the Freemasons. The Frontier Wars was a complete hoax. It's all just interpretations of diaries and data on computers that doesn't make sense, you know. So our entire history is a bit shady. And as I said at the start of this episode, mate, and I'll throw it back to you, sorry to cut you off, but, you know, the, no, it's good. Oh, I'm glad been, you brought that up been, as well. We've been intentionally divided since back then with yeah. the Indigenous people. You mm-hmm. know, they all moved up to Queensland and said, all right, all these people have landed, we'll, we'll piss off. And they went up to Queensland and traded with the Papua New Guineans because they've always had ties with them. And we fought the Freemasons taking over <laughs> for 40 years. <laughs> so There you go. But um, I mean, it's completely yeah, different. There's so, there's it's multi layered and it goes back a long way. You're right, it, it, absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. And there's a lot of history to it. And if people actually really understood that history, um, <laughs> they have a much different understanding of what's really going on in the world. But um, uh, I mean, I, I would. I mean, I, you agree, obviously, though, that it's a lot to do with that. Is I mean, do you think I'm on the right track there? Technically speaking, with um, how they can't, I don't think they can actually do what they want and achieve what they want to do unless they get, you know, trick the uh, Indigenous folk into coming in under the the Constitution or, you know, voting them in under the Constitution via a referendum or whatever because they they technically won't get permission to do the things that they want to do because of the, the, you know, they've got this native title and blah, blah, blah. Ethan? Oh, sorry. Was that for me? Yeah, no, I can. Yeah, like, was I on the right track? Do you think? Yeah, okay. I was just wanted to make sure. Well, 
how else are they going to do it? As you said, they sh- they've sort of shot themselves in the foot over time, but maybe it wasn't shooting themselves in the foot. Maybe it was a calculated effort because, you know, a lot of people have brought this up and a lot of these Indigenous cultures are very rem- remote and they get manipulated very easy and they have people that speak on their behalf that aren't really representatives. And it's always been like that for a while. And, you know, an, an effort to, you know, sort of keep them in that state, you know, there's no real yeah. effort to try and fix anything. But, you know, maybe that's been the plan all along is to, um, you know, give all of the legal ownership back to them only to come in and swoop it and take it once it's all centralized one day. Yeah. You know, it makes sense as a as a business strategy. We know you mentioned it's a corporation. So I think that if you were going to do something like that, then legally, technically speaking, if people were to try and challenge you or whatnot, then, you know, what better way than to just give it all to one group of people that you've manipulated for decades and, you know, driven into the ground and take it all at the end. So it is very interesting. And don't forget, you know, a lot of these natural disaster sites, so-called natural disasters of floods and fires, a lot of that was Indigenous land too. So, you know, it seems like... When it comes to the actual land ownership and, and trying to get to this vision where, sorry, mate, you need a permit to go to nature. Sorry, only the elitists of society and those with a social credit score of 90 or plus, plus or more mm. can go into the mm. countryside. They need some, they need to get there somehow. And I think that if we're looking at this, it, it seems like the perfect strategy. And they'll come... You know, yeah. maybe the voice is just a test for now, but they'll come back towards the end of the decade, you know, as they ramp up all of these climate change. Like, I reckon it, it's probably, it'll get defeated. Then it'll come back later in the decade, maybe when we're in an era where we're having climate lockdowns. And, oh, my God, guys, we've got to seize this land and take this land because if we don't, we're all going to die. So mm. maybe they'll push it a little further down the line. And who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. It'll come back in one form or another. But I'll just throw over to Andy if you um, just want to take yourself off mute there, brother. Um, what's your take on, on you know, my version of why now? You know what I mean? That's, uh, again, just, to re- just a quick recap. But, you know, I think it's because they need uh, the, to swindle the Indigenous people this one last time to get them under that constitution. And and I and I'm not putting light or disagreeing with what you said. I think you're actually you're on the right track as well. That they you know now is a good time because they've got this majority government. It's a lot easier to push that agenda. It's definitely helped them a lot. You know what I mean? That was probably part of it as well, um, in order to get their ducks in a row, so to speak. But um, what, yeah, what did you take on my theory of why of the why now? Yeah, look, I just, yeah, look, I agree with everything that you're saying and it's such a multifaceted thing. You know, you, you, you've you got, yeah, you've got all of the, politically, all of the ducks are in, the, in a row, so it's easier. Yeah. Um, there's much less opposition. Um, legally, of course, you know, there are, there are stumbling blocks with, you know, the land grab which they, obviously want to execute in this country mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and don't forget too we haven't touched on the mining like leases and stuff and and basically 
I think they just want to like rip rip the materials out of the ground here and sell it off to the highest bidder. It seems to mm. me, and that's mm. that's a big deal too. Um, it's just they yeah, want more fingers. They want more fingers in that pie. In regards to the mining thing, it's going to be that's like you know instead of it going to you know like Clive Palmer for example, it's his mine or it's his corporation. His mine. They want more fingers in that pie so they can start taking a bit more money out of it. You know. Because you're right, it's such a big money spinner, that one. There's a lot of yeah. wealth in the ground. You know, the Commonwealth is the wealth of everything in this nation that's here, including the resources. Um, yeah, but, you know, I was <laughs> I was actually ch- channeling you a bit when I came up with that, Andy, funnily enough. I was Because you know what I was saying in my head? It's all a business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was. I was going... Well, Andy's always banging on about this being a business plan. I'm going to think. I'm going to think about it from that point of view. I'm like, well, the country's a corporation. You know, there's the UN's a corporation. The UN, you know, the native people here aren't a corporation. How do they get them on? You know, I kept thinking it like that. I'm like, it, it just to me, it just seems that that's the logical conclusion. Is you, you know, we they have to get them on board one way or another by, by hook or by crook as in, you know, legitimately or by a swindle in order to carry out the plans legitimately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because otherwise yeah, I think, it, otherwise I think, yeah, you're right. Otherwise I think it can be challenged and, and they'll get away with it because of, like I said, the government shot themselves in the foot and recognized the indigenous people as the original people of the land. Therefore it's theirs. You know what I mean? So, yeah, with um, whatever that. Well, I can't remember what the statement was. You know, it was when Gunner was in there, and me, I remember Max Egan was telling us that story. Yeah, he threw the papers over the balcony in the Parliament House and went, "Yep, thanks for the recognition." And they walked out and let you know. Now all the all the parliamentarians are all stunned, going, "What the fuck just happened?" You know, like <laughs> um, it's a good. Yeah, I think I put a link into that episode in that interview with Grandmother Malara as well. If anyone's interested, you can head back and have a listen to it as well. That was uh, season five, episode 12. I think I even played a snippet. Yes, I did. I played a snippet to that in that um, episode. So head back and listen to that one, folks, if you're curious, season five, episode 12. Um, but there you go. So that's that's that was my take on it. That's why I think they had to to do that. And, you know, we're seeing such similar things with the whole burn back better thing, boys. You know, look what's happening. We, we've had it here in this country. They burnt us out. They flooded us out. Natural disasters, like Ethan mentioned, they did it in Canada. They did it in the United States with California. Um, you know, even poor. I don't know if you guys have heard. You know, poor Shannon Rowan was. You know, she got kicked off her land and out of her home by the authorities because um, of that whole area was under threat of fire. They were burning that whole area where she lives. Um, you know, she yeah. was a guest on the show a couple of times too, and I. I had to throw us some money to help her, you know, there was a bit of a call for some donations and like, oh, fuck the poor thing. They're living on a, you know, on the beach camping for weeks and weeks because they can't get, they can't work. They can't, they can't do anything. Cause I'm like, I, you know, I felt, I felt sorry for them as well, but I've just heard news now that they're allowed to get back to their home, which is good, which has apparently survived. So they got very lucky there, but you know, it's not the first time they've done that. They're burning out all these areas. And of course we have to bring it up. Of course, uh, with Maui just recently, you know, and I did a, uh, a member show with uh, one of my new members, Mitchell. G'day to Mitchell, if you're listening. Um, and I said, no one seems to be asking this particular question. And I'll throw it to the wider audience as well. Why Maui? 
You know, no one was asking that. To, we know why now, because it's going to be the smart island. But no one back then in the originally was going, like, why Maui? Why just Maui? Why not some of the other islands around it? And if you look at, like, the weather data and all that sort of stuff, like, the hurricane didn't even come right over the top of the island. It was offshore. It was, you know, they were getting the outskirts of it. Um, so I was like, well, the, all those islands are so close together. They all cop the same weather conditions. They, you know, it's not gonna. You're not gonna have one island only suffering drought and everything going dry and the big tinderbox, blah blah blah. You know, like they was they were pretending it was. It's gonna happen to all those islands because they're all in the very close proximity. You know what I mean? It's not like in Australia where you're gonna get rain in the top end and you're gonna get drought down in south. You know what I mean? It's it's we're we're such a big nation. You know, Hawaii islands are tiny, so of course they have the same weather conditions over the entire islands. So I was like, no one was asking, why is this only happening on Maui? Why are they the only island that's burning? Why not some of the islands offshore or the other islands around them? Why is it only just Maui? And then it all came out, oh, well, it's the new smart island, isn't it? They, that's the plan. The plan was put in place ages ago. They're having meetings about it. They're doing it, and that's going to be the setup. Well, you can't do that to the like the uh, original people there, the, the Polynesians that live there and that island in particular, apparently, you know, there's a lot of older generations and generations of families that have lived on the same land and own the same land. You know, they wanted that land. So they went and changed the laws as well. That if there's a natural disaster, the government can come in and take the land and it's all legitimate. You know what I mean? And look what happened. Oh, well, the whole place, you know, it was it all burnt down except for a few celebrity places. You know, like it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy how it happened to work out there. And it's, it's so similar to what's happened all around the world in various places with all these fires. You know, Canada was going through a lot of this as well. America, like I mentioned, it's insane. You know what I mean? But no one was asking the question, why is it only that island? You know, I'm like, well, now we know it's because it's going to be the smart island. And that's the whole agenda, isn't it, boys? Um, and I'm not going to sit here and debate whether it was directed energy weapons, whether it was started by arsonists, whether it was started by a faulty electrical, blah, blah, blah. That you, you, like People are arguing over the minutiae. But how it started doesn't actually matter. It's the reason why it, they burnt it. And now, of course, we know it's all come out. That's the reason. You know what I mean? Human lives mean very little to these people. You know, we talked about that back when they were burning this country. You know what I mean? That they don't care. Look at 9-11. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care about innocent lives. They'll knock down towers and blame terrorists if they have to. It doesn't matter to these people. They've got a bigger agenda at play here. They lack the empathy. The emp They don't empathize with us. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't see the world like we see the world. Very different. They're very different people, if you can call them people. They're very different entities than what we are. Um, but anyway, I, I'll get your thoughts on, on that, Andy, too. I mean, I spoke to you just before, but chime in um, and tell me how you feel about that, though. You know, now that we know about what happened in Hawaii, they burnt Maui. It's another part of the, the agenda. That's what they do. They want you out, they'll burn you out, or they'll flood you out. You know, if they want you out one way or another, they're going to make you get out. Yeah, like you said, General, um, they've done it. Done it to California. I think the whole world was was all over that um, mm -hmm. extensively in Australia in years gone by. Um, yeah, and and you're right. I know where you're sort of coming from when you describe whoever is like behind this agenda. 
and it's and it's not a it's not a human type thing. It, it humans can't you know naturally can't be this evil really. Mm. You know, there's something else, aren't they? There's something else. Like, um, so yeah, there's something. I'm not, yeah, I'm not you know what reminds me of Andy? Like, I'm going to come back to your saying of it's it's a part of a business plan. But you know when. When even they, they give examples in movies and TV shows, or even in real life, it might happen. You know, if if one business wants to do something to another business, you know, what do they say? Yeah, it's nothing personal. It's just business. You know what I mean? This yeah. it, this this is the way I think they see this. It, to to them, this is doing business. This is just part of their business plan. It's just business. Yeah. Nothing personal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like the old the old mob mob stuff. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, taking, and they were, they were, and those people were animals, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, look, you know, we're, we're at war, basically. Um, humanity is at war. We're at a full, full-blown war mm. while, while people are just walking around with their freaking iPhones glued to their faces and, you know, like getting all whipped up over fa- Facebook and, other social media shit like there's war going on around us it's just incredible mm. and it's uh, somebody was describing it today it's like a gen 5 gen 5 war you know how they describe like you know fighter jets and stuff like as in gen 5 or gen 4 and all this sort mm. of stuff gen mm-hmm. 5 stuff and so we're in a gen 5 war where like people don't even know they're at war like yeah fifth generation warfare i'm pretty sure james corbett even did a show about that too and i was that was a really good episode that he did um because you're right people you're right people have no idea that we are at war and we've been at war and it's just a different way of doing warfare you're absolutely right andy yeah yeah well actually if you look into armies you know, you've seen it many times in movies where they, the red one and the blue one all line up facing each other and then someone blows a trumpet and then they all run in and stab each other. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then you, you move through the eras like World War One, where they, where they dig a hole on the, the red one. Red side digs a, digs a trench and the blue one dig, digs a trench and then they just jump up and run at each other and stab each other and then go back and do it again. And then you move through World War Two, and then you move through, you know, other more minor wars, like leading up to the current war, and you see the evolution of war and how we've got to where we are. And it is, it really is. It feels we are definitely at a in in World War Three, I believe. But it's but it's a Gen Five war. You know, yeah. if, I don't know if you guys can see um, the screen now. I've just done a screen share. Um, and you're right, here we go, episode 441 of the Corporate Report, your guide to fifth-generation warfare. We are in the middle of a world-changing war. This is no ordinary war, however. Most of the victims of this war aren't even to, aren't even able to identify it as war, nor do they understand that they are combatants in it. It's called fifth-generation warfare, and I'm here to tell you all about it. And that was actually a really good episode. I'll put a link in the show notes for that one, folks, so you can understand what we're referring to here um it's, it's really clever and you'll 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 blow you away you'll be like fuck yeah we definitely are in this you know warfare right now it's a war for the space between our ears basically it's a war for the mind is what the the big thing about it is um 
more, more to it than that, of course, but that's uh, a lot about what it actually is. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's a transcript of the episode as well, or you can actually listen to the episodes or download it and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Corbett's shit is really good, but yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes for the people to check that one out. But yeah, you're right, Andy, that's exactly what it's, uh, it's about. And they'll, 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 they'll fulfill this agenda through their, you know, covert means of whatever warfare they want to use, you know, um, I might just cross over to eat. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, just as brutal as World War Two was with the opposing sides, mm. what they mm. did with each other, I don't, I don't see any different to what's happening now. They're Neither just do as I. brutal, and they're just there's no empathy whatsoever for the mm. enemy, which is clearly us. Yeah, uh, yeah, cross to crossover. Yeah, Ethan, um, give us your thoughts on that, mate. About Discussing this uh, there, the, the Maui fires, the agenda behind it, why only just Maui, um, why not everything else? Well, because they had plans for Maui, being a smart island, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Give us your take on a big film. Yeah, well, that's it, General, you know, all about transformation, build back better, which obviously now burn back better. Mm. <laughs> but, mm. um, yeah, you know, it's this is the way that we go about things. If uh, you know, you said it's, it's like a business strategy. It's like, if you play the game, the Sims, you know, mm-hmm. or city builder, things like that, where you are just managing and you just place buildings and destroy land. And you know, it's all just a strategy. It's all just a, a business plan to get things done. So, you know, when I'm looking at why this is, you know, this might not be the end of it. This might be the, start they're saying there's going to be more fires and climate change is going to destroy everything think about it it was california first australia's east coast and now what are we seeing you know california needs a little bit more work we need a little bit more work because you know heavy bushland and stuff but now they've moved to other locations you know canada has experienced it maui has experienced it what's the next few years going to hold is it going to go to you know somewhere in Europe and then somewhere over here. And and it's like, I don't think this is the end of it. You know, obviously no, they're already doing it. Like, there's parts of Italy that were on fire. Someone even put up a video, right, of all the places in, in just, just, just on America, of all the places in America that were on fire at the time, all the different states. And she went through every single one of them. And every single one of those has got their own smart city plans and things put into place for those areas as well. It was crazy. I was going, oh, my God, that is insane. It's it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that's that's the thing. It's, all, it's always you see there's a smart city agenda behind it. And even if you don't believe it's directed energy weapons or there's malintent behind it, they're capitalizing on it. Yeah. They always ca- never let a good crisis go to waste. It's been mm-hmm. an old saying for ages. And so... That's what they're doing. So whether it's planned or not, they're capitalizing on this stuff, coming in with the smart cities, coming in with the infrastructure that's needed, coming in with, you know, all of this stuff. But as the years go on, we're just going to hear, don't worry about it, you conspiracy theorists. This is happening because of climate change. It's, you know, as lo- you're going to have to get into your house. The more that the world burns, the more we're going to have to. And that's why I think, you know, this is like a testing ground, the voice, because it's going to come back at the end of the decade when everything's all on fire. And as we know, it's a hundred year cycle because we can go back through newspaper archives in Australia and see that in Victoria in the thirties and the forties, they were talking about there's literal infernos going through the bush because it was so hot back then. But we don't worry about that. You know, now 
it's going to be even worse because they're just enhancing it, creating the conditions for it to be ripe, you know, using advanced technology. But, yeah, this is the way they're going to keep blaming it on climate change. It's the climate. It's because you've got cows. It's because you live a, a nice lifestyle. So get into your box. Enjoy your VR headset. That'll be your going out experience into nature now. And, you know, be a good <laughs> consumer. And that's... That's sort of the vision, but I'm hopeful, you know, that a lot of people are awoke, you know, awake to these agendas and, as you said, are pushing back against everything. And it seems like they're rushing a lot of it to try and meet some sort of deadline. So we'll have to see what the next decade holds. But all we can do, mate, is just raise awareness like we are now and talk about these things as they're happening, before they're happening, get people to share. And maybe over time, you know, more and more people will wake up to this stuff. So... Yeah. You know, I, I, I saw in Maui, the residents were all there confronting the police chief. We want the truth. Where, where have you been? You know, so those residents now know they might not have been awake to any sort of agenda, but now they know. So I think slowly but surely there will be even more people awake through the process. It's just hopefully we can do it in time to push back against it all. 100%, mate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I found that video, so it doesn't go for, let me guess, like a minute 17, so I'm going to play it for you guys, um, if I can, oh, i screen share it first though, bear with me folks, and play the audio through my phone because Skype on the Mac is fucking stupid, so bear with me, <laughs> hang on. It's annoying. As soon as you click on it to like load it to get it ready, it starts playing. So it's like you have to really time it. <laughs> it's so annoying. Anyway, uh, here we go. Screen share. Um, let me know when you've got my screen there, boys, so the members will see it too. Can you see this chick yep. on the screen? Okay, yeah, cool. All right. Hopefully we can play this at the same time. Let's take a look at some of the fires that's going on. Pay attention. These are all the fires that's going on right now in America. We're going to go through a lot of these, and I'm going to show you what's going on in these states and why there's fires. In Texas, there's a fire around this area, which is close to Austin. Live from Austin, Texas, the Smart City Challenge. There's fires in Washington. Lawmakers from Washington State push for a Smart City Bill in Congress. What's outside of Phoenix, Arizona? Scottsdale, city of Scottsdale, smart city strategic roadmap. Wildfires in New Jersey, New Jersey smart cities working group. Fires in New Mexico, smart city planned in New Mexico. Wildfires near Portland, Oregon, smart cities planned for Portland, Oregon. Wildfires in Florida, smart city initiatives for Orlando. Wildfires in Mississippi, smart cities planned for Mississippi. And this isn't just happening in America. There's fires in Greece. Smart cities planned for Greece. Y'all, I could have gone on and on with this, but I think you see the pattern. There you go. <laughs> so it's it's not just Maui, folks. It's not just Australia. This is happening every goddamn where. It's all around the fucking world. And you're right, we'll start seeing more in Europe. We're going to see more everywhere. It's just well, full think on. About That's it. the it's, push. 
it's the Five Eyes Alliance or the Western nations, really, that are being targeted. I mean, think of it, Canada, the U.S., Hawaii is for part of the U.S. and mm-hmm. Australia. Those are three big pillars of the Five Eyes Alliance, you know. Mm-hmm. So what about Europe and stuff next? You know, with Europe, it's a bit harder because it's just miserable and rainy all the time over there. So I, they might be planning a little bit differently, you know. <laughs> but I think, you know, they're already putting the... You've put up some of those photos, General, about how they're scaring people over in Europe about, you know, in England about temperatures that were the same 10 yeah. years ago, but now they're critical. <laughs> no, no, cooler. Well, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Hotter then than they were now and, yeah, didn't, weren't scaring people back then, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go, but now it's all critical. So, you know, <laughs> we could see <laughs> that maybe... Yeah, they'll be next, but it's it's all these Five Eyes countries, you know, and, and we're all being transformed because countries like China and Japan and everything have already done all this stuff. They're already the model that they wanted to, to roll out worldwide. So this is mm. what they're doing and social credit systems and all that stuff for to follow. I was watching a video this morning of a um, guy who was over in China and he's running across to make the the road and he's like he he lived in china for like 10 years or whatever so he travels around and you can get a good insight of what china's like through him and he's running across the road like oh man if i didn't make it across then you know i would have had a point deducted they take a photo of you and put it on a national wall of shame on the wall and it's even worse if you're a white person you know yeah so it's like, i remember seeing like that. that's that's the normalization of you know w- what's going on over there on a daily basis and you know they have a very compliant population that just do whatever they're told and love it and have their systems and you know i think we're being trained in the same way and this is we're living through the era of great transformation you know the same way they transformed the world through all of the you know monolithic gothic times you know all the great cathedrals and everything like that were being transformed again on a mass scale even China's doing their massive Silk Road initiative all across the world, buying ports and everything. So yep. it's going to be a, a very interesting world that future generations are born into, you know. And maybe that's happened before. Think about that, guys. Think about you're born into a world. You can't go out into nature. You don't really know what's out there. You don't really know how big the world potentially is and what's really out there. What if that's happened to us before and we just don't know it? What if that mm-hmm. happened to our ancestors and we got pushed into a smaller zone and we don't really know it, you know? Like, yeah, heard it makes, it me, it. makes me think about some of the bigger issues, but that's another podcast entirely. But, yeah, they're my <laughs> thoughts, mate. I'll, I'll stop rambling on. I'm just... Uh, no, it makes complete sense. And you know what? We'll be in years to come. You're right. You know, the future generations will be looking back and they they will be nostalgic about how we used to be able to just get out and go for a drive in the country and go fishing and go camping and stuff. You know what I mean? That'll be what the next few generations are nostalgic about. You know what I mean? Whereas we're sitting here being nostalgic (laughs) about the toys we used to play with and they'll be like, well, imagine the, remember the freedoms they used to had, you know, my, my grandparents used to be able to go and do this. And my great granddad, general Maddox used to go and camp somewhere, you know, and could do it whenever he wanted to. And, you know, you could play sport and didn't have to pay his carbon fees and, you know, all this shit. That's what those future but, generations will be nostalgic about. But will they be nostalgic, mate, or will they be hateful 
as you see while he was doing that he didn't realize he was killing the planet for us all now Maybe if my bloodlines have anything to do with it they won't be hateful <laughs> uh, well it's good to come full circle once again um I think that's about uh, all I wanted to bring to the to the table for this episode. Of course, there's been tons going on, but um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't need to sit here and and argue with a bunch of people about do do weapon, you know, DEWs, directed energy weapons, what caused the fire. You know, that, to me, again, you're arguing about the minutia. There's a, you know, they want you, they want people to talk about that. They want people arguing on social media about. Yeah, was it directed energy? Was it not? What was it? This, but you're missing the point. You're you're not you're not focusing on the right thing here. You know what I mean? There's bigger things to be focusing on with regards to that topic. So stop arguing about the little shit. Um, the point is, it was done. It was done in one way or another. Um, it's what happened. It's why it was done. People need to start arguing about and what to do about it. That's that's where the energy needs to be focused. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that was all I've got to bring to the table. If anyone else has anything, please feel free to inject anything now, Ethan. Are you good to go? Are you anything else you want to bring to the table, mate? No, nothing else I wanted to talk about. This has obviously been the, the great talk of everything, the, the great land grab going on everywhere, whether it's the mm -hmm. voice, whether it's directed energy weapons. It um, seems to be the talk of the town at the moment, but there's still plenty of other stuff going on. And, you know, if you want to keep up to date, I've got my website, tottnews.com so come over and have a look at what else is going on and yeah other than that i appreciate everyone tuning into the episode and yeah it's good to be back on with you boys awesome yeah awesome thanks for for joining me ethan andy uh, anything else mate you um you wanted to have a chat about or are you uh, any comments you oh, want to make on those last few statements i'll just i'll just just quickly cap on a few thoughts that I'm thinking about too. And I agree with you too, arguing about fires and how it was started and stuff is pointless. It'd mm. be it'd be like arguing about whether the fire was started with like unleaded ninety five or unleaded ninety one or kerosene. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> mate. Well well put. Um, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and and two, you know, like I've I've we've discussed this before, um, about our history is so convoluted and so so been so manipulated, and I truly do believe that uh, humanity, as far back as at least two thousand years, has been through a technological state before. There's computers and things, and and even even in a higher technological state, if you look at the um, Great Pyramids at Giza um, and the technology uh, around those things, and some of the brilliant work done by by people who have, um, you know, documented all of the the technology around those energy machines or power plants that are in um, in Egypt. Uh, so yeah, it's it's really really fascinating when you when you just when you just dig a little bit further past the mainstream like narrative of history. So yeah, I'm fascinated so all by all that so, stuff. I love it. I love yeah, all the hidden history. You know what? What's what's really what? You know what, why? The how, the what, and the why. All that sort of stuff. It's so fascinating, and yeah, I really love it. Yeah, if you want to read a really good book, um, read the Giza Power Plant, and it's and it and it describes in detail like this man's like lifetime work um, 
about how he describes the uh, Great Pyramids as power plants and how the actual energy was moved and um, generated and wirelessly transmitted to power tools that are, you know, many hundreds of kilometres away and uh, is absolute. It'll blow you away, and mm. it all it all makes sense too. So yeah, it's funny you should say that because late, lately I've been sharing a lot of on things like um, uh, I can't I can't call it X. I'm going to call it Twitter. I just can't call it X. On things like Twitter and um, Instagram and Facebook and stuff, I've been sharing things about like free energy devices and people, you know, simple little ones that people can make out of nothing with simple, really simple tools and magnets and like it. You know, they show you, they teach you how to do it and it's how they work and it's really clever, you know, all that little stuff. I've been sharing heaps of those things lately. It's cool. Just on a small scale is what I'm yeah, saying, you know, like the whole free energy thing and tapping into the ether is is another level. That's next level stuff. It's awesome. But even just on a, on a small yeah. scale, it's just even it just interests me as well. Uh, me too, yeah. And um, maybe we'll do a show too. Um, because I don't know what it is with – I mean, obviously the electric cars and thing, but the hydrogen cars have suddenly popped up mm. as a bit of a talking point these days. And yeah. So which is know, cool. I, I uh, actually don't mind that idea, to be honest. Oh well, it makes a lot of sense. You know, hydrogen mm. like water, the water atom, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. I mean, it would be the perfect fuel source. But mm. you know. Um, and the technology has been squashed many times. I just find it interesting that just in the last few months there seems to be a lot of conversation about um, hydrogen-powered vehicles and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, nice. it's yeah, it'd be it's, good. Be good to do a show on that sort of stuff one day. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, awesome. I'm over and out. Thanks, General. Good on you. Thanks for joining. I appreciate you getting home to jump on, mate. That's great. I hope I didn't cut your night too short. Uh, no, you're all good, brother. Awesome. All right. Great chatting to you, boys. Awesome to awesome to have you on again. I hope the members enjoy the show. Once again, uh, head over to uh, patreon.com forward slash Real News Australia. There's a few bonus shows. There is the video version of this. Member chats. We're going to be doing a few more member chats. We've got another member lined up for another chat, which should be good. Um, if you don't like that platform, you can also go over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash General Maddox. Um, that's the other platform. I know people don't like supporting Patreon and stuff like that, or either or, even if you don't want to do that, that's fine. But um, that's where a lot of the bonus stuff is for uh, all the folks out there. Um, now that the season's over, football's pretty much done for us. I'll be able to get back into it a bit more and do focus a bit more and do some more shows and stuff. So looking forward to doing that. Thanks again, fellas, and all the links will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, I hope I really enjoyed the show. Thanks for the chat, fellas. It's great. Something's wrong with our eyes. We're seeing things in a different way. God knows it ain't his. It sure ain't no surprise yeah. We're living on the Man, by the color of it.
skin. <laughs>